hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 71 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today, we are going to take the direction of talking a little bit more about all of the life lessons that can be learned from some amazing programs like scouting. If you've heard any of my previous podcasts, you know that scouting is so deeply intertwined in my life, especially raising four boys and the husband. We are very involved with Boy Scouts. And let me tell you, they saw us coming from a mile away when they see parents that come walking in to a scout meeting with four stair-stepped kids, especially boys. You get roped in hook, line, and sinker because if anybody's familiar with Boy Scouts, the saying is, it's only one hour a week. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a lie. They say it's an hour a week and that equates to the one hour or so of your meeting time. But if you find yourself in an amazing circle of not only the kids, but the parents and other adult leadership, you are going to spend way more than that one hour a week because scouting teaches life lessons and life skills. And the reason that this is so important to me, because we are involved parents. We we grew up with our kids right alongside with them in the scouting program. John, my husband, grew up in Scouts, and he was all the way through Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, and he did what used to be the Explorer Scouts, but now they are called the Venture Scouts. And it was just a big part of, of his life because it got him more involved into the outdoors, and he was able to find that way to enjoy his passion for doing those things that not every, quote, typical kid gets to do, like go hiking through the mountains in Alaska or going rim to rim in the Grand Canyon on a backpacking trip. 
So scouting pushes you to your limits and beyond. And it shows you that there are things that you never in your wildest dreams thought that you would actually be doing, especially when you look to your left or your right and you get to be doing those activities with your kids and your family. So it's been a huge part of my adult life is getting so involved in scouts. Even if your background isn't Boy Scouts, any organization that has very similar motivations of getting young people into the outdoors and teaching those life skills, any of those organizations that do that are very similar to what I'm going to be talking about today. So if you have a background in coming from the Girl Scouts or the Royal Rangers or even the YMCA or summer camps, so much of this messaging is the same. They are teaching you leadership. They are teaching you good values and decision making and how to be social and interact with other people. So if you are involved in one of these organizations, um, there's always some kind of a guide that you must follow and abide by to make sure that the activities are safe and fun. And most importantly, you have trained and qualified leaders whose main job is to make sure that everyone is having fun, but everybody is staying safe while doing those activities that are set forth by that organization. So for example, in Boy Scouts, we follow what's called the Sweet 16 of BSA Safety. And why is this topic important for me to talk about today? Well, going through this with my kids, you know, you look at it through the eyes of why we're teaching the young people certain things about, you know, being sure that you're safe and you're physically fit to do an activity, or you always have a buddy, you you teach them at their level. But if you take three steps back and think about it in the bigger picture, these totally apply to our everyday lives. And I find myself referencing so much of how I handle my daily, you know, decisions, whether it's in the job or whether it's, you know, decisions with my family, I always find that I tend to go back to the way I'm trained. And so much of my good training has come from scouting. So I want to touch on each of these 16 points of the BSA safety And as I go through explaining what each of those means in terms of the scouting world, think about how it also applies to how you go about your daily routines and your daily decisions and see if any of that has some similarity to the the way that we're teaching our young people and our future leaders. So the first point of the Sweet 16 of BSA Safety is Qualified Supervision. Every single BSA activity should be supervised by a conscientious adult who understands and knowingly accepts responsibility for the well-being and the safety of the children and youth in his or her care. The supervisor should be sufficiently trained, experienced, and skilled in the activity to be confident of his or her ability to lead and to teach the necessary skills and to respond efficiently in the event of an emergency. Field knowledge of BSA programs and commitment to implementing these programs and following all of BSA policy and procedures are essential parts of the supervisor's qualifications. 
Now think back to how this applies if you, for example, have a job. You have to have a qualified supervisor in order to get that job done well. Now I said you have to have a qualified supervisor to get it done well. Not all jobs have qualified supervisors, but think about a time where you may have been in a situation where you've just had a really good supervisor. What were some of those traits of that supervisor that made your job awesome, that made your job easy to do, that made your job feeling safe and secure in whatever activity that you're doing? It's mostly because you had somebody to look up to that was very knowledgeable, very well-trained, educated, and they were a good leader. So you want to always make sure that you surround yourself with that good supervision of people that are experienced and skilled in whatever activity or job set that you have in mind. So the qualified supervision, that just goes hands down. If you don't have a good, trained, qualified person that's leading an activity or leading a group or leading a company, you know, chances are that that group or company may be struggling if that supervision is lacking. People tend to gravitate toward those knowledgeable, experienced, and educated and skilled folks in their areas of expertise to look for that qualified supervision. The second point of our Sweet 16 of BSA Safety is about physical fitness. For youth participants in any potentially strenuous activity, the supervisor should receive a complete health history from a healthcare professional, parent, or guardian. Adult participants and youth involved in higher risk activities such as scuba diving, mountain climbing, whitewater rafting on class four or five rapids, they may have to undergo professional evaluation in addition to completing their annual health history. The supervisor should adjust all supervision, discipline, and protection to anticipate the potential risks associated with individual health conditions. Neither youth nor adults should participate in activities for which they are unfit. To do so would place both the individual and others at risk. So again, think about how this affects your daily life. If you have a strenuous job, um, you obviously have to be in good condition to achieve those objectives of that job or to achieve whatever goal is set forth by your company or your organization. You tend to put the people who are able to do that job physically in those positions. So it only benefits you, the employee or the individual to make sure that you don't steer too far outside of your lane. I'm such a big advocate of, you know, knowing my limitation, knowing my place. You know, if I know something I physically can't do, you know, I just have to say, hey, I need some help. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt my coworkers. If I'm trying to move something or lift something, or if it's a a job that's going to require additional strength or additional skill set that I may not have. So know your physical limitations and know your fitness level in order to do any of those activities. This is especially important if you're going to be doing any kind of outdoor activity. If you're going to be hiking, 
climbing, rafting, paddling, some activities that may not be your normal day-to-day motions or routine, you need to make sure that you're in the best, best shape that you can be for that activity to make sure that you stay safe. The number one killer is heart disease. Too many times we have people that are going on the hunt of a lifetime or the offshore fishing trip of a lifetime, or they're going on this activity that they might have been drawn in a raffle and they won and they just go without preparing beforehand. If you live along the Gulf Coast and your elevation is about 13 feet above sea level and you're invited to go with a group of friends deep into the mountains at about 9,000 foot elevation to go skiing, you probably should start doing some preparations well before you go on that trip. Physical fitness is extremely important in everything that we do from recreation to weekends to the daily grind of work and life in general. It's important to take care of yourself. The third point in our sweet 16 is called the buddy system. The buddy system has a dual purpose. You ensure your buddy's safety during activities and your buddy ensures your safety. You are never alone and you're never vulnerable. If you've ever been at a Boy Scout camp, somewhere across the camp, you're always going to be hearing adults asking, where's your buddy? Buddy check. Are you going off without somebody? Who's your buddy? It's really important that we instill this from a very young age in scouting because you always want to be with a partner when you're going on a hike or if you're going down to the lake to go fishing because if something were to happen, if somebody were to fall or get hurt or twist an ankle or break a bone, at least there's somebody there that can go get help. The buddy system is also important for adults. For those same reasons, if you're going hiking or just somewhere that could be a risky activity, you always want to make sure that you have somebody with you. That way, if there is a problem or a situation, somebody's always there to help. So the next point we're going to talk about is number four, and that one is the safe area or course. And what that means is a key part of the supervisor's responsibility is to know the area or course for the activity and to determine that it is well-suited and free of hazards. Any scouting activity at all that we are even considering going a part of takes a lot of planning. We plan our calendar about one year in advance And several months before that activity, the leaders who are planning on running that camp out or that trip or whatever that excursion may be, they are doing their research. They're looking at the area. They're making sure the activities are safe for scouts and adults to participate in. They're doing their trip planning, um, lists of equipment, and they're finding out what is needed and what skill set is required before going on that particular event or adventure. So this also goes along with um, adult life as well, because it is our responsibility to make sure that anytime we are doing an activity with our job or even off the job, we want to make sure that the area where we're working or the area that we're playing is safe. 
because obviously we don't want anybody to get hurt, including and especially ourselves. So the fifth point in the BSA Suite 16 is equipment selection and maintenance. Most activities require some specialized equipment. The equipment should be selected to suit the participants and the activity, and it also includes appropriate safety and program features. The supervisor should also check equipment to determine whether it is in good condition for the activity and to make sure it is kept properly maintained while in use. So this goes without saying, if you're going to be going on an activity that requires riding a horse or rappelling down the side of a cliff, you obviously want to make sure that the equipment is up to standard, it's inspected, it's not expired, or whatever expiration date that some equipment has to it. You want to make sure that anything that you're going to put your group that you're responsible for in that activity Everything around and surrounding that activity is safe. This easily flows over into the adult world. Um, If you are in a career that deals with equipment, that deals with machinery, um, tools, or any other thing that requires um, maintenance, and this would even include your vehicle. You want to make sure that you routinely check and make sure that all the equipment surrounding you for every activity that you do is safe, checked, and secure. Number six of the Suite 16 is personal safety equipment. The supervisor must assure that every participant has and uses the appropriate personal safety equipment. In scouting, for example, Activities that are on the water require that every participant properly wears a life jacket. Anybody who does any biking, horseback riding, and whitewater kayaking need to wear helmets for certain activities. Skaters need protective gear, and everyone needs to be dressed for warmth and utility as the circumstances require. So it's very important to take care of yourself and to make sure that you're properly clothed, properly geared for the different environment, weather, and conditions that you're going to be putting yourself into. This works as well for adult situations when, again, you're on the job or you're just going through everyday life. You want to make sure that you have the right equipment and the right stuff to take care of your body and yourself for whatever condition that you're putting yourself into. Number seven is safety procedures and policies. For most activities, common sense procedures and standards can greatly reduce any risk. These should be known and appreciated by all participants. How many times have we done an activity where we had to sign one of those liability waivers of release? If you've ever read the fine print on a lot of those waivers, they can be pretty scary on the different safety procedures that are spelled out, um, depending on whichever activity that you do. So again, it's really important that we understand the procedures and policies surrounding what we're engaging in as adults, or if we're going to be overseeing a group of people, employees, or youth on an activity and event. It's critical that we know and we follow all safety procedures and policies that are put in place surrounding whatever activity that is. Number eight is the skill level limits. 
every activity has a minimum skill level and the supervisor must identify and recognize this level to be sure that participants are not put at risk by attempting an activity beyond their abilities. A good example of skill levels in scouting is the swim test. Every year, we have to pass an annual swim test, which defines the conditions for safe swimming on the basis of individual abilities. It's really important that we have to check everybody, both youth and adult, to make sure that nothing has changed physically or in their condition where maybe they were able to do something last year and this year something has happened where they're not able to complete that swim test. And the reason that we do a swim test before we do any activity in scouting that involves water is for obvious reasons. If we're in a boat and it capsizes or we're whitewater rafting and the raft flips over, you want to make sure that everybody in your party comes up and able to right themselves if they do get flipped out of the boat to get to safety. So you always want to make sure that whatever activity that you're putting yourself into, that you have a minimum level of skill to not only do that activity safely, but to ensure that everyone in your group and around you is also at that minimum skill level as well. Number nine in our Sweet 16 is the weather check. The risks of many outdoor activities vary substantially with weather conditions. Potential weather hazards and the appropriate responses should be understood and anticipated. Weather hazard training should be up to date for at least one leader on the outing. Weather is my nemesis. I think I have about nine different weather apps on my phone and I frequently check and compare them throughout the day. I'm always aware of if we're having outdoor activity or something that's planned where we're not going to have shelter readily accessible. I always want to have that backup plan because living in the South, our weather changes. If we don't like it, we just wait and it'll change again. So you're familiar with this if you've ever traveled or especially in scouting, when we go up into the mountains like we were last last month at one of our campouts, the weather changed drastically. You know, we had the nights in the 30s and the daytimes in the 80s and then a thunderstorm rolled in and we're back in the 40s. So are you prepared for those adverse weather conditions? Do you have the right clothing to stay warm? Do you have the proper rain gear or even snow or hail gear um, to know what to do in case those conditions come up? Is there a place for shelter? You know, what happens if it really turns sour and there might be a tornado in the area? Are you prepared and do you know what to do if that happens? Not only for yourself, but if you're responsible for an entire group of people, They're looking at you to make it happen and to keep them safe. So have a plan before you even go on that adventure, before you even go out on that week-long trip or even on that afternoon hike. You know, make sure that you're ready and you're constantly checking the weather so you can be prepared and have that enjoyable outing. The 10th point is planning. Safe activity follows a plan that has been conscientiously developed 
by the experienced supervisor or other competent people. Good planning minimizes risks and also anticipates contingencies that may require an emergency response or a change of plan. The one thing that I've learned in dealing with scouts is always expect the unexpected. You always want to have a backup plan. You always want to do your best to be prepared because you can have everything laid out as perfectly as possible with your agenda down to the hour, with your stops, with your everything. And something is bound to set you off course. So do you have a backup plan? Are you ready to go to plan B, C, D, and sometimes even E, F, and G? So not only should you know those backup plans, but let the other adults that are with you or other responsible people that are with you, let them know those plans as well. Because if something happens to you, you know, if you are having a bad day or if you have an emergency, somebody needs to have your back and know what to do to keep that activity moving forward by keeping everybody safe. Think about your daily activities. How many times a day do we have a plan or are we preparing to do something next? And everything around our planning involves safety. So we always want to make sure that we have that safe plan and that we follow that plan so we can have a good experience. Number 11 is communications. The supervisor needs to be able to communicate effectively with participants as needed during the activity. Emergency communications also need to be considered in advance for anything that might come up. So communication, communication is so important to let other people know what's going on, have those backup plans in place, and know what to do in case there's an emergency. If somebody gets injured or ill or cut or stung or anything that might happen when you're doing an activity, especially when you're doing outdoor activities, you always want to make sure that you have a plan and that you're communicating that plan and you have several backup plans and know what to do in case you do have that emergency. Number 12 is plans and notices. It is up to the adult who is running whatever camp out or activity through scouting and their troop or crew and their office registration to find out what plans or permits are needed if they're going on an adventure. Appropriate notification should be directed to parents, authorities, landowners, and anybody else involved before and after the activity. So this goes back to making your plan and effective communication, making sure that you have the right documentation for any activity that you're going to do. So how similar does that sound in your daily lives? Making sure that you have your driver's license on your person when you get into your vehicle, making sure that you have your appropriate hunting or fishing license when you're going out into the field. And if you're going onto somebody's property, making sure that you have that written permission that you're able to do so. So taking those extra steps and making sure that you're following the guidelines and having that right permission will make your outing that much more enjoyable. Number 13 is your first aid resources. 
The supervisor should determine what first aid supplies to include among the activity equipment. The level of first aid, training, and skill appropriate for the activity should also be considered. An extended trip over remote terrain obviously may require much more first aid resources and capabilities than an afternoon hike in a local community park. Whatever is determined to be needed should be available. So anytime that you're on a trip, you should always have a large first aid kit in your vehicle or your travel trailer with your unit, with your scouts, and you should always have some kind of a first aid kit, much smaller, on your person. Uh, That's one of the things that we teach the Boy Scouts from a very young age is to always have a first aid kit with them in their day packs. Um, Something as simple as just Band-Aids and, you know, ointment, if they get cut or scraped, you know, dental floss, little things like that, that Boy Scouts keep in their bags. But it's really important to have that first aid kit readily available because when you don't have it, that's when you're going to need it. So number 14 are applicable laws. So BSA safety policies generally parallel or even go beyond legal mandates but the supervisor should confirm and assure compliance with all applicable regulations or statutes. This one's pretty black and white. If it's a rule or a law, we follow it. Number 15 is CPR resource. Any strenuous activity or remote activity could present a cardiac emergency. Aquatic programs may involve cardiopulmonary emergencies. BSA strongly recommends that a person, preferably an adult, is trained in CPR and is part of the leadership for any BSA program. This person should be available for strenuous outdoor activities. It's always highly encouraged and advisable in our units or in our groups that are going on different trips that at least a handful of people on that trip are trained in first aid and CPR. This is a great training and certification to have, even if you're not affiliated with any organization, club, youth group, or any program like that. CPR is great training, just so you know, because you might be at a restaurant or you may be down at the beach and you might see somebody in distress. So it's always great to go a little bit above and beyond um, and get yourself that extra training to be safe and to keep other people safe that you may encounter. And last but not least, the 16th point of the Sweet 16 is discipline. No supervisor is effective if he or she cannot control the activity and cannot control the individual participants. Youth must respect their leaders and follow their directions. How important is that when we have discipline and control? In any activity that requires extra safety, any activity that's regulated, or any controlled activity, you want to make sure that as a leader, you make sure everybody follows the directions and rules, and they play by the rules so everybody has a good adventure and a good day. 
This also goes if you are a participant of a group, you want to make sure that your leader has that discipline and they're making sure that everybody comes home safe and has a great experience and memories to share because you are able to exercise that discipline, that common sense, and the overall leadership to make sure that everyone had a great time, accomplished the mission of that activity, and made some great memories while doing so. So take a minute and think about these 16 points of keeping people safe and doing the plan and the communication and the leadership and all things that go part of having a good group and organizing an event. Think about a group that you belong to, or maybe you grew up with, or maybe that's part of your daily job, and how these different points relate to what you're doing. For those of you who are in Scouts, you get it, I get it, and I hope to see y'all at future camps down the way. No matter what the activity or what the adventure, there is no better classroom than the outdoors roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.